everyone, and welcome back to the Watch Dogs Bark. My name is Drew. I am your host, and I consider myself a watchdog. Hey, thanks so much for letting me take last weekend off. It definitely was necessary. Thank goodness I got my mother out of that crazy, insane state. You know, the communist state that also starts with a C, California. Now she's back here in Utah and things are grand. And boy, did I time that right. If I would have waited another weekend, I would have got caught in this snowstorm that dumped, what, 100 inches of snow um, between California and Utah through Nevada, the Sierra Nevada mountains. That's insane. <laughs> but I was able to just sail here really quickly and easily. Uh, it wasn't easy, of course, as no move is ever easy. And I did uh, uh, load up the, the uh, van there in California, drove nine hours and minutes. I'm not going to admit how fast I got here, but uh, I was able to do mostly the speed limit the whole way and made it here. And then the next morning unloaded everything. And now mom is busy unpacking. So uh, welcome back to Utah, mom. It's great to have you back. And boy, have a lot of things happened since I did my last podcast. We got a lot to get into. So this is episode 74. Shut the front door. This is episode 74. All right. In this episode, we're going to talk about why the United States of America is not a racist country. There are racists living in the country, but the country is not racist. And no, we do not owe reparations. We're also going to talk about the insanity on our border. Things are getting even more out of control. And yes, I am going to talk about the tragic story of Lake and Riley. For those of you who don't know, stick around. That was a brutal case of an illegal immigrant, criminal, getting away with murder, or at least not getting what he deserved for murdering a young, innocent woman. And then I'll have to talk about the primary season and all the things that are happening on that. And I'm predicting this Super Tuesday is going to put one candidate within just a couple of steps from solidifying the nomination for his party or her party. <laughs> I think you know who I'm talking about. So it's his party. But first, I want to talk about how Joe Biden is becoming the laughingstock of the world. And, you know, he chose Seth Meyers' program to go and have a really in-depth political discussion. And all it was was softball love fest. And it's just embarrassing, honestly, at this point. There is a video. I can play it, but you won't actually understand what you're seeing. Uh, but let me just, I'll, let, I'll play the audio so you can hear the audio, and then I'll explain what the video said. Okay? Listen to this. Buonasera. Presidente Biden. Oh, Presidente Biden. President, Mr. President. It's okay. Okay. Good talk. Well, benvenuto. Oh, No, non arriva la metropolitana perché non è la metro, it's not the subway, non è la metropolitana qui, no, no, no. What's your name? Con chi parla? Eh, Mr. President. Eh. My name is Joe Kennedy. No, Biden, lei è Biden, è <laughs> Biden, ma con chi parla? <laughs> oh my gosh, it's ridiculous. Joe Biden is now the laughing stock of the entire world. 
that the, the video, <laughs> you heard him playing the hail to the chief. Da, 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 da. Okay. And they've got an Italian man with a skull cap on that looks like Biden. And he's kind of doing the Biden waddle. You know how he does that? He doesn't really walk like a human being anymore. He kind of like walks like this stiff robot. And then he falls directly on his face. Oh, 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 Mr. oh President Biden, President Biden. Oh, and then they pick him up and he dust him off and he takes two or three steps and then falls again. And then he walks to the left side of the lectern uh, and just stands there. <laughs> and then he turns, turns to the person standing on the other side of the lectern. What's your name? I'm Joe Kennedy. No, you're Joe Biden. No, no. You know, they all, everybody around the world understands that Joe Biden is not all there. And, you know, I, I hear a lot of Democrats and especially the pundits working for the DNC in the media. They're saying that, oh, President Biden occasionally misses a word or or, uh, you know, uh, mumbles or stumbles. Look at the difference in what is going on, okay? Joe Biden works probably from noon to four every day. He has taken more vacations than any other president in history. As a matter of fact, in the three, little over three years he's been in office, he has taken over 380 days of vacation. That's over a year Joe has been on vacation. All right. So compare that. And, and he messes up words and screws up things every single time he makes a public appearance. All right. Now let's compare Donald Trump. Donald Trump sleeps four hours a night. He works 18 hour days, 18 to 20, actually. Sometimes he works all the way until he just literally goes to bed and then wakes up and starts working. But from what I hear, he takes about an hour before when he gets up and about an hour before he goes to bed where he reads and, you know, uh, relaxes and, and does all the other stuff that we all do. So then President Biden has nothing going on in his schedule. They maybe schedule one public appearance a week for him. Okay. President Trump is going from rally to court to rally sometimes in the same day. Now, I challenge anyone to work 18-hour days, multiple days in a row, have to fly from one place to another, literally fly because he, he can't do it quick enough in cars, from a rally, end that rally, shake hands, kiss babies, all that stuff, then go across two or three states to a court date. And sit there in court. Then after the court is over, get on another plane or bus or whatever and fly to another rally. And do that multiple days in a row. Sleeping four hours a night each night. And then see how bright and clear you are. Because I give President Trump a lot of leeway with the schedule that he is taking on. I give no leeway to a man who cannot put two sentences together if he doesn't get an afternoon nap. And sadly, we're starting to see that more and more around the world where all other countries recognize how weak Joe is. And I, ha I saw an interview, uh, as I say, I watch News Mix in the morning. I don't, can't remember exactly which channel. I think it was Fox, actually. One of the Fox hosts asked Jason Chaffetz, former representative for Utah, and he was talking about how good things were under Trump. And I think that's basically the sentiment nationwide now, because you can see the polls. But he was talking about how amazing things were. The economy was booming. You know, our border was secure. And... If it weren't for COVID, you know, things would be hopping. And I think Trump would have won re-election in a song. But the commentator on that said, and, and, and basically Jason Chavitz said, well, that wasn't Trump's fault. You know, that, that was something he had no control over. And the commentator, I can't remember who it was, asked Jason Chavitz, well, do you think 
that the invasion of Ukraine was Joe Biden's fault. And thank goodness, Jason Chaffetz said, absolutely, it's Joe Biden's fault. Putin doesn't invade countries. When you have someone in the office like a Reagan or a Trump who believe in peace through strength. You'll notice, when, remember when I talked about from the very beginning, why Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine at this time? That was my number one podcast. And I'll just reemphasize, Putin invaded Georgia during George Bush's presidency. Putin invaded and annexed Crimea during Obama's presidency. Putin did absolutely nothing during Trump's presidency. And then Putin invaded Ukraine during Biden's presidency. Enemies only attack when they sense weakness. And Joe Biden is weak. And really, all the left has to say about Trump is how mean he is and how rude he is. All that. Yeah, Trump is rude, crude, and socially unacceptable. But you know what? He gets stuff done. And he's just enough of a wild card. And I've said this before, but it's bears repeating. He's just enough of a wild card where Putin and uh, Little Rocket Man, Kim Jong-un, and all these other dictators around the world don't dare mess with him because they don't know if he's crazy enough to retaliate or not. And you see, the left and the, gov the world governance people, the people that want a world governance, actually thought Hillary Clinton was going to win in 2016. They didn't even conceive of the possibility that Trump would win. And they thought everything was going to continue. It was going to be Barack Obama for eight years, Hillary Clinton for eight years, someone else. And that would be the end of our country. That would be the end of our republic. And by the way, you can tell which side someone is on when they keep using the word democracy. We are not a democracy. We are a republic. Our founding fathers saw the fatal flaws of a democracy where one side could get just powerful enough to convince 50.1% of the public to vote one way and rule based on that one little, minute, less than one point. They saw that flaw, so they created a representative government. Now, our representatives do actually vote democratically, where they get majority rules, but they represent each state. And as I pointed out before, in the House of Representatives, that representation is based on population of that state. So each state is representative according to their population. But in the Senate, it doesn't matter what the population is in each state. Each state has two senators, two representatives that represent their state. Our founding fathers were geniuses and also, I believe, divinely inspired to create a government that would directly represent the populace that they're represented in their state and also equally represent each state in our country. All righty then, moving on. Hey, by the way, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Might I suggest downloading Podbean? They have an amazing app and website where you can actually learn all of the ins and outs of launching your own podcast. They have tutorials. They have a podcast marketplace where if you get a certain amount of listeners, they start rec recommending um, advertisers advertise on your podcast. You'll notice I don't have any advertisers besides me on my podcast because my podcast isn't big enough yet, but it's getting there. It's growing little by little. And I do thank you for listening and please spread the word. But if you want to start your own podcast, go to www.podbean.com slash bark. Why should you do that? Well, that'll give you one month free. Your first month with Podbean will can be completely free. You don't have to pay any charges and they will do everything that I get done for my podcast. I can do the podcast on the, on the app, I, on my phone if I want. I haven't tried that yet. I think I might try it soon to see how it'll sound. 
And then when you get your podcast all recorded, you can upload it to as many different podcast broadcasting sites as you want. So once again, go to www.podbean.com slash bark and get your first month free. All right. I keep hearing a lot of people still say that this is a racist country, that there is systemic racism. Racism is everywhere. You heard it from the Black Lives Matter organization. You hear it from um, sometimes the ACLU, from uh, the ADL. You have so many people saying that. And I have to notice that the people that are saying it are gaining something by saying we have a racist country. They're either gaining listeners or they're gaining sponsors and and, uh, money. It's all about money and power. But if we go down and look at the true facts about this country, we are one of the least racist countries in the entire world. And I played that one pot, that one um, interview with a woman that said, you know, that America is, is a racist country. And the person interviewing her asked her, okay, what countries are less racist? And of course, she pointed out Eastern European countries or European, Western European countries, countries that are less diverse than the United States. And he pointed that out. And she says, well, well that's, that's one way to look at it. But you know who's saying that we're racist more than anyone that I've heard is liberal white women. Why? Because they have something to gain from it. Now, let's listen to a couple of black people talking about how our country is not racist. This is just a small part of Brandon Tatum. Uh, He's at the Officer Tatum on Instagram, if you want to listen to this whole thing. And I would recommend listening to this thing. It's about an almost an hour long, but I'm just going to play a few minutes of it because what he says here are truth bombs. Listen. I can't handle it, so I got to go live. Let me just say this, and I want to be very clear about this. Racism in America is dead. Black people and you ignorant liberal white folks stop lying to the next generation and pushing falsehoods on our children and brainwashing other adults america is not a racist country country there are idiots who still live here that are racist but i would argue this very clearly black people are far more racist than white people are i i, I will put my life on it you, 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 like I, I just posted a, a story just yesterday of a black woman on the panel with all these white people saying she don't trust white people. Her best friend, her girl is her friend. She don't trust her because she white. You, you, man, I swear, God is my witness. If a white person came on television and said something like that, they would never see television again. They will cancel from a show. Somebody. By the way, he's absolutely one hundred percent right on that. Can you imagine, of a panelist? of black and white people, and a white person says he doesn't trust black people at all, there would be hell to pay. But a black woman on that panel says that she doesn't trust white people at all, and okay, yeah, we're, we're a racist country, we get it. Listen to the rest of this. And especially what, what he talks about Harriet Tubman, he reveals something I didn't even know. Listen to this. Probably would, they'd be getting death threats out the, out the wazoo. You would never see white people say stuff like that. Now, you can say they harbored on the inside, but there's a difference between harboring it and also expressing it. When I was growing up, we didn't like white people. We, it, we, it was open about it. You, it, it. When you're black, you can be open about hating white people. We didn't like white people. We called them all kind of names. We thought very low of white people when I was growing up. And because we were brainwashed into believing they the enemy. Every problem in your life, because the white man did it. You know, slavery, slavery. You know, they push slavery so much that we don't even know that black people had a, a successful history in this country. We don't even, we don't even, we, like, I remember thinking about black history is we were slaves, Jim Crow, and then now. 
That is not the totality of black history. That's not the totality of American history. We, we must be, people, please, and I say the same thing about the Bible. Just read, to, know what you're talking about before you start talking on it. I, I guarantee you that 99.99% of people that are listening to me right now don't know this as a fact. Did you know, did you know that Harriet Tubman was married? What? Just raise your hand if you didn't know. Just put your hand up. Be honest. Did you didn't know that Harriet Tubman was married? And Harriet Tubman was married to a free black man. And that Harriet Tubman was living with her husband when she started the Underground Railroad. And her husband did not want her to do it. Now, obviously, he was wrong, but her husband did not want her to do it. He didn't want her to start the Underground Railroad. But but you leave it the way they it, they imagine the situation is that she on the farm getting whooped in the, in the middle of the night. She creep off and I'm going to get away from this. She had a job. She was she was living a lot. She's just in, in slavery. And they don't teach you this stuff in school. And most people don't know what they're talking about. I've studied Africana studies in college. In slavery, there's a different setups. Every slave wasn't on the plantation getting beat to death every day and breeded. There was different types of slavery that was going on, right? Some people were plantations. Some people were house Negroes. Some people worked in the city. Some slave owners didn't treat their slaves like property. They housed them. They fed them. Some slave owners treated their slaves well. And I'm going to say well, as well as you could treat a slave. And some slaves worked. Some slaves purchased their freedom. Some people were in slavery because they were just indebted, but they didn't have to live with the slave owner and all of the other stuff. There was a lot of different scenarios in slavery and black people own slaves, too. Let's not forget that black people say it with me. y'all. Black people own slaves, too. The, the first legal slave owner in American history was a black man named Anthony Johnson, who had indentured servants that he sued in court to make them his slaves for life. He won. That was the first legal slave ownership was a black man. Did you hear that? The first legal slave owner in this country was a black man, Anthony Johnson. The first legal slave owner was a black man, and he owned other black slaves. He also goes on in this thing, and I'm not going to play anymore because it's really long, but definitely, if you're not following the officer Tatum on Instagram, definitely do. Follow him and listen to this one video because it's very long. He's sitting in his car and he's got the American flag, uh, obviously pinned to the wall in back of his car or something like that. I don't know exactly, but go listen to this video because there are so many truth bombs. Like, did you know that white people were lynched too? I'm giving you a second to think about that. And then one thing that he really talks about that is just really insane, and I didn't even consider this, from the time that there was lynching allowed in this country, 3,400 black people were lynched. 2,200 white people were lynched. Did you know that every six months, that's how many black men kill other black men in this country, over 3,000. That just blows my mind. But also, in the time of Abraham Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln offered 40 acres and a mule to everyone that was a slave. That was reparations. Please tell me today what people of color deserve for never being a slave from people that never own slaves. And also he points out in this video, 94% of the United States were against slavery. Slavery only existed in 6% of the population in the South. There were no slaves in the North. And when the North, the Union, won the Civil War, slavery was ended. So the... and. I'm going to go back to uh, Morgan Freeman when he's being interviewed by Mike Wallace. How do we end slavery? We stop talking about it.
So this is going to be the last time I talk about slavery because uh, we just got to stop. Racism does exist in this country, but it's individual racists doing that. And as Officer Tatum, Brandon Tatum, pointed out, I see more racism from black people against white people than the opposite. Do you know why? Because if there's any white person that dares come out and say a racist statement against black people, they're castigated in the media. The reason why racism still exists, Democrats need racism for power. Let me say that again. Democrats need racism to be alive and well in this country for power. For power over people of color to make them all believe that they're victims. And for power over white people to make them all believe they're oppressors and racist from birth. And as I've said many times, no child, no newborn baby is born with racism, with prejudice with hatred, with bias. If you took, and I would love, honestly, for someone to do this. I think this would be an amazing thing to watch. I would watch every day to see what happened. I would love for a community to be created where we had a black family, an Asian family, a Mexican family, a white family, a... Indian family, every other nationality and race and everything you can imagine, and have all of their children raised the same. No black parent is telling their child that the whites are against them. No racist white parent is telling their child that black people are lower than them. Okay? None, no racism would exist. No hatred would exist. I promise you with 100% assurance, I can say this with, with no hesitancy whatsoever. If you raised all of those children all the same to love each other, to trust each other, to not have any hatred or uh, prejudice against each other, all of those children would ra be raised to be close friends. And do anything for each other. Kind of like the brotherhood in the military. The brotherhood and sisterhood of the military. They raise, they train you in the military to put aside your differences and work as a cohesive unit. That's where the strength comes from. Strength does not come in division. And the left and the globalists know this. They know that if they can just keep us fighting each other and hating each other and finding out things that we have that are not in common, that are so different we can't look past, then they're going to win. But if we all put aside our differences and just love each other and work with each other and befriend each other and help each other and show compassion towards each other, there will not be any more political power to be gained in division. To show you how much power this really has, Officer Tatum, or Brandon Tatum, is not the only black person speaking out about this and about how their own community is tearing down people who dare to tell the truth. There is a Harvard professor his name is Roland Fryer, and he did research. He and eight research assistants did research on police shootings to see if they really were race-based and that there really were racist cops. And when he came up with his findings, listen to what people in his own community told him about his findings. Collected a lot of data. We collected millions of observations on uh, everyday use of force that wasn't lethal. We collected thousands of observations on lethal force. And, and it was in this moment, 2016, that I realized people lose their minds when they don't like the result. 
so what my paper showed, you'll see tomorrow, uh, like some of you, uh, was that, yes, we saw some bias in the low-level uses of force every day pushing up against cars and things like that. People tend to like that result. But we didn't find any um, uh, racial bias in police shootings. Now, that was really surprising to me because I expected to see it. The little-known fact is I had eight full-time RAs that it took to do this over nearly a year. When I found the surprising result, I hired eight fresh ones and redid it to make sure. They came up with the same exact answer, and I thought it was robust, and I went to go give it, and my God, all hell broke loose. It was a 104-page, dense, academic, economics paper with a 150-page appendix, okay? It was posted for four minutes when I got my first email. This is full of shit. Doesn't make any sense. And I wrote back, how'd you read it that fast? That's amazing. You are a genius. And I had colleagues take me into to the side and say, don't publish this. You'll ruin your career. Mm. I said, what are you talking about? I said, what's wrong with it? Do you believe the first part? Yes. Do you believe the second part? Well, it's the issue is they just don't fit together. We like the first one, but you should publish the, the second one another time. I said, let me ask this. If the second part about the police shootings, this is a literal conversation. I said to them, if the second part... Uh, showed bias, do you think I would, should publish it then? And they say, yeah, then it would make sense. And I said, I guarantee you I'll publish it. We'll see what happens. I commend Professor Roland Fryer for putting this out and for talking so openly about this. And you hear there are people that say you cannot publish that. We don't care if it's the truth. You can't publish it because it doesn't match the narrative. Remember when he said, do you believe it the first time for the first part? Yes, yes. Do you believe the second part? Well, they don't really match. Well, guess what? He did the whole research project twice. When it came up with the results that happened the first time, he didn't believe it. So he hired eight new research assistants and did the entire research again, and it came up with the same answer. There is no racial bias in police shootings. Again, the left has to have racism for power. And as Abraham Lincoln said, together we will win. Divided we will fall. And the left knows this better than anyone, that if they can divide us, they can rule us, they can conquer, and they can make us all follow their rules. That's what this is all about. They want that power. All right. Alejandro Mayorkas and the White House have put out a new set of rules that bans the use of the term illegal immigrant. You're not going to believe what they want us to call them now. All right. It's not. Remember, it went illegal alien. Okay, then illegal alien became illegal immigrant. Then illegal immigrant became undocumented worker. Now they actually want to call people coming into this country illegally, breaking our laws and coming across the border, cutting in line in front of people who are trying to come here legally. Now the left Democrats want us to call them newcomers. That's it. We've gone from undocumented migrants to newcomers. Now they're just newcomers. That's all. They're just newcomers to our, our country. They're, they're not here illegally. No, they're just, they're just new. They're just newcomers. This is asinine. I wonder what Lake and Riley's parents are calling the illegal alien that murdered their daughter, Lakin. For those of you who don't know, Lakin Riley was out running in Georgia, 
and an illegal alien who had been arrested before for a violent crime in New York City. But because New York City is a sanctuary city, they didn't punish him. They didn't put him in prison. They released him. Because, you know, sanctuary cities, they're all about the safety of their citizens. Yeah, they are there. This is going to help their citizens be more safe if they allow illegal immigrants to come in their city and not punish them for committing crimes. That is going to make the people living in that city feel more safe, don't you think? And I won't even tell you his name because I don't want to give him any fame whatsoever. But this denigrate from Venezuela, a criminal, hardcore criminal, most likely from a Venezuelan prison. I would gather, because we know Venezuela emptied their prisons and sent them to our borders. So, you know, a lot of people accuse Donald Trump of saying they are, meaning all, they are rapists and murderers and all that. They misinterpreted that. He said there are, meaning among the people coming into our country illegally, there are rapists and murderers and pedophiles, and violent criminals. One of these violent criminals attacked Lakin Riley while she was running and beat her so severely, and you're going to have to excuse me for this, but I'm going to tell you directly, her skull was misshapen. She was beaten so severely. And from what I understand, they had to have a close casket funeral because she was so beaten up. And this illegal immigrant, this illegal criminal that came in from Venezuela is now in prison finally. But there are cities that still, even after this happened, would not punish because they're here illegally and we need to provide a safe space and safe city for them to feel comfortable in this country. I promise you those illegal immigrants coming into our country that have been criminals in other countries and their home countries and have come here are going to be criminals here and they are going to take advantage of every sanctuary city and state that exists in our country. I promise you this, those people who are living in sanctuary cities, it's going to get much worse. Unless you hound and push and prod your elected officials to turn your city not into a sanctuary city to rescind that title from your city. I promise you, those of you living in sanctuary cities are going to suffer. They're, the people that are coming into this country know our laws. And they know the cities they can get away with crimes in. And they're going to go to those cities. They know they can go to Los Angeles. They know they can go to San Francisco. They know they can go to Chicago. They know they can go to New York City. And they can commit crimes and they can get away with it. Because a sanctuary city will protect them. Well, sanctuary cities and the people who have made these asinine laws, what about the people living in this country? Are you going to do things to protect them too? My heart and condolences go out to Lake and Riley. And sadly, she is not the only one. Just in the last week, we have had this happen. We know the Venezuelan illegal immigrant, 26 years old, brutally murdered Lake and Riley in Georgia. Uh, she was a University of Georgia student. A Salvadorian illegal, 25, killed a two-year-old boy in Maryland. A Venezuelan illegal, 32, raped a 14-year-old girl in Virginia. A Honduran illegal, 19 years old, raped a 14-year-old girl in Louisiana. A Jamaican illegal, 48, 
shot three D.C. police officers in a 13-hour standoff who were serving an arrest warrant for animal cruelty. This administration has blood on their hands. Joe Biden and this and his administration have opened up the border and the world has sent some of their worst to our country. And like I said, there is absolutely no way that we are not going to have a terrorist attack in this country. It's inevitable. With this many illegal immigrants coming into our country unvetted, I promise you, there are a lot of terrorists among them. So let's just look at the numbers. This is, this is the numbers that you need to really understand. Let's say the low numbers of 7.2 million are accurate. Let's say that they're actually telling the truth about the numbers in our uh, Department of Homeland Security. Okay, 7.2 million illegal immigrants have come into this country. Let's say just 1%, 1% are bad people, criminals, or terrorists. How many people does that come up to? That's 72,000. That's 1%. That's being generous, I think. Let's say only 1% of the illegal immigrants that are coming into this country are bad apples, are criminals or terrorists, rapists, murderers, all that. 72,000 are in our country if we just take the conservative estimate of 1%. This administration is responsible. And now Joe Biden is talking about, well, no, I've never had the power. Congress is the only one that has the power to do that. That's complete crap. He could, with the stroke of a pen, reinstate all of Donald Trump's policies to secure the border, starting with the number one most effective, remain in Mexico. But he won't do it because these are future Democrat voters. That is the hard and fast truth. And the Democrats are okay with a few rapes and a few murders and, and uh, a few horrible experiences because their overall goal of turning this country into a Democrat-controlled country will be realized. And all those other sacrifices we're all going to have to make are worth it. All of the homeless in this country that are being put aside for illegal immigrants, all of the children being kicked out of their schools and rec centers to turn them into housing facilities for illegal immigrants, that's all part of the cost that they have to pay. That's what Democrats think. But the funny thing is, is a lot of them are starting to wake up. Here's a video of Stephen A. Smith from ESPN talking about how he is seeing that people of color, our communities are being put aside and money is being found magically for illegal immigrants, but not for their communities. Listen to this. Homeless folks in the streets of New York all the time that are American citizens. I damn sure see them in California. We've got poor, impoverished, starving people who were born and raised in this nation. How in the hell do we come up with a $53 million pilot program for illegals, but folks who are here legally are born here, we don't have enough of them. Just like we could come up with billions for Ukraine, but somehow, some way, we can't fix the homeless problem. I'm down for helping Israel. I'm down for helping address the situation with the Israeli-Palestinian conflict okay i'm down for helping the ukrainians and fight north russia what about poor and desolate citizens here how the hell do you print money for foreign countries but you don't print that money to help eradicate folks that are starving right here in the streets of america who were born in it just cuts off there but anyway um even he is starting to get upset about this and other people in black communities are doing the same they're starting to scream and yell and look across the street saying, hey, how come all those illegal immigrants get to stay in $500 a night hotel rooms and they can't come up with any money for our community, for the projects, for the low-income housing, for all of that? They can't come up with more money to help them? Let me give you a little bit of perspective here. 
When we sent $113 billion to Ukraine, okay? And by the way, I am a same, I feel the same as Stephen A. Smith. We need to help Ukraine, but we're not. What we're doing is we're laundering money. BlackRock and other companies like it are investing in Ukraine and are positioning themselves so when Ukraine has to be rebuilt, they have to go through them and their contractors. But let me just go back to the $113 billion we originally sent. Do you know that's enough money to build a house for almost every homeless in our country? Put that into perspective. We're not willing to take care of our own citizens. Do you know why? I figured it out. Do you know the reason why they're giving all of these free things to illegal immigrants and not to U.S. citizens? They have no way of knowing whether the U.S. citizens are going to vote Democrat to say thank you. They're pretty sure all the illegal immigrants will vote Democrat to say thank you. That's why they're not taking care of American citizens. They don't care about you because they can't guarantee you're going to vote for them. But they have a much stronger guarantee that illegal immigrants will vote for them. That is what this is all about. And not to be outdone in the stupid factor, <laughs> you've got KJP blaming the illegal immigrant killing the runner in Georgia and the illegal immigration problem on Republicans. Listen to this. I mean, this is a horrific, horrific loss for any family. And obviously, uh, any, if whoever is found guilty, uh, we need to make sure that, uh, make sure that that happens. And obviously, uh, we, don't want to, uh, we don't want to see uh, anything happen like that again. But here's the thing. We have done the work uh, to make sure we're dealing with a broken immigration system. The Republicans have gotten in the way. They have gotten in the way. And that's what we continue to see over and over and over again. The sad thing about this is many people will believe her. They actually believe it's Republicans' fault. Because, you know, Republicans stop this bipartisan, as I do in air quotes, immigration bill that the Senate put together. Not telling the public that the Senate bill allowed 5,000 illegal immigrants a day before they enforced any border laws, any, any immigration reduction, okay? That's their, that was that bill. It came of all kinds of other things, and there was some money in there for, for more judges and more people to welcome them into our country and process their asylum claims. That's what Democrats are spending the money on, and that's what they believe illegal immigration or immigration reform should be all about. Not should be stopping illegal immigration or reducing it dramatically. No, we want to allow it to continue at the same pace it is, just be able to process them easier and quicker and provide them asylum. This is asinine. And this is the one reason among all others, but I think this one reason is one of the reasons why Donald Trump's going to win in 2024. Democrats went way too far on this. And as, as communists and socialists throughout history have always done, they went too far. They didn't do a thing on our southern border for three years. And now that it's an election year, and it looks like this topic this particular platform issue might hurt their chances of getting reelected. Now they want to do something about it. That is the only thing that motivates Democrats is if it's going to hurt their reelection. Period. And now, really, to go to the comedy of the absurd, Democrats now have a plan. Listen to this. This is this is I'm not making this up to not certify 
the election if Donald Trump wins on January 6th? Huh, that, that, that kind of sounds like an insurrection, doesn't it? So Democrats' solution, if they lose the election, the, you know, the Democratic election in 2024, if Donald Trump wins, Democrats may not certify that election on January 6th. Just, just let that sink in. That's, that's real. <laughs> They're actually considering that. This is just proof rules don't apply to Democrats. Whew. Okay, now, real quickly, before I go to my positive message, I just want to play something that's just made me laugh. This is how absurd the left has gotten and how disconnected and uneducated and ignorant they have actually become. This is on Sarah Gonzalez on Instagram, and this is her listening to an anchor talking about how she can't believe that the U.S. citizens believe that their rights don't come from government. Listen to this. Not Christians, by the way, because Christian nationalists is very different, mm -hmm. is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from any earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God. Uh, yeah, dumbass. Our fundamental rights don't come from Congress. They come <laughs> from God. You know who else said that? Our founding fathers. Ever bothered reading the Declaration of Independence, ma'am? We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Stop me if you've heard this, ma'am, that they are all endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Does that sound familiar? This is where we're at, guys. In 2024, if you believe in the founding documents of this country, that your rights come from God rather than the government, you're a Christian nationalist? Great. Sign me up. Guess we're all Christian nationalists now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, sign me up too. I'm a Christian nationalist now, apparently, because I believe in the founding documents of our country and that our rights were given to us by God. Our country, our government, our Supreme Court did not give us these rights. These rights were given to us by God. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Okay, as I always like to do with my podcast, I want to end on a positive note. By the way, if you have anything you want to say to me, write me, drew at the watchdogsbark.com. If you agree or disagree with anything I've said, feel free to write me. Like I said, I love debating people that disagree with me as long as we can debate civilly. And I learn more from people who disagree with me as long as they have good points. As long as they do their research and come at me with really sound arguments, I am one of those people that will say, you know what? You're right. I need to change that. I'm a rarity. I know. <laughs> but hey, for my positive message, I want to play a video that I encourage you to record and play every morning before you get up. Because these things are so important. So many of us hit that alarm and hit the ground running. And sometimes you need to take just a little bit of time to relax and focus on what you want your day to be. Listen to this. Instead of jumping out of bed and rushing right into the stress of what you need to do, breathe. Take a moment to eliminate the stress and realign your mind, body, and brain with a joy that does live inside you. You get to choose if your day is going to be like every other day or if it's going to be a great day. And you decide first thing in the morning by giving yourself that time to realign your brain to positivity, to redirect your mind to what is good in your life. What is good in your life right now? Take a moment to think about it. Start your day with intention. Today, I will be present. 
Today, I will be kind. Today, I will be the example I expect of others. Today, I will give my all in every moment. It's all about intention. When you direct your focus to the good, you will see more good. If your focus is directed to the stress and struggle, you will see more stress and struggle. If you want to be really happy, give thanks. That's the secret. Happy people are grateful people. So spend time in gratitude. Spend time in intention and expectation for what a great day today is going to be. Feed your mind with something positive. Read or listen to something uplifting. Something that will grow your mind or spirit. You attract your intentions. You attract your beliefs. You attract what you feel. So get up and feel good. When you direct your focus to the good, you will see more good. If your focus is directed to the stress and struggle, you will see more stress and struggle. That is your only job. Get up and get yourself feeling amazing. Ask yourself, how can I feel great today? How can I grow today? How can I make others feel great today? Open your eyes to the magic around you. I guarantee you, you have been missing out on miracles because you have been lost in the stress and noise inside your head. Get out of your head and get into the magic of life. Today is a new day, a fresh, clean canvas. You can paint whatever you want on that canvas, no matter what happens. You are the artist. Add some color, some joy, some life to your canvas. Leave nothing off that canvas. As soon as you get up in the morning, ask yourself, what's really important today? Is it important that I rush around stressed at everything I have to get done? Or can I just enjoy this moment? Can I set the tone for the rest of my day? You decide what kind of day you will have. Not what happens, but how you will respond to everything that happens. You can respond positively to any situation. Will you respond with presence? Will you see the good? Will you find a way around the obstacles? Will you write your own story? Or will life write it for you? Okay, that video, if I could take everything I've learned and put it into one four-minute video, that's it. Literally everything I've been talking about since I started this podcast a year and a half ago and my positive messages, they're all in there. My very first one, you choose how to react to every situation you're presented with without any exception. Number two, what you focus on expands. And if you want to be happy, live in gratitude. I mean, oh, I was so happy when I when I listened to this. I'm like, I personally saved this myself because that is everything I've been talking about all in one four minute video. So if you can record that, or if you want, you can go to um, YouTube and type in four minutes to start your day right. Morning motivation. Or like I said, you could just listen on this podcast every morning, that last little four minute thing, because I promise you, your life will change if you start to focus on the positive and live in gratitude of all the things you already have and choose to be happy, choose to be inspired and uplifted and excited every single morning. And with that, I want to Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And that brings us to the end of Podcast 74. If you agree or disagree with anything, again, don't hesitate to write. I love to read 
the messages people send me. So please send them to me. And I actually really have enjoyed a couple of negative ones. I'm like, you know, okay, maybe I shouldn't focus on that as much. All right, I got you. I got you. So keep those messages coming. I really appreciate it. And I'm going to keep doing this as long as you guys are listening. And until next time, create an amazing day. And please help me relay the bark.